Today's reading is Ecclesiastes 3, 1, and 4 through 5. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. The word of God for the people of God. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Can you say that with me? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am so humbled and grateful to stand with you today. Last Sunday must have been really tough. It was tough for us. This morning, Eddie and I have already exchanged greetings. Uh, I put, posted a word about him in prayer on Facebook, and he sent me a text about 10 minutes apart. Uh, and so I hope you're continuing to pray for he and Audra and the girls as they enter into a whole new realm of their life. You have loved them. You have nurtured them. You have helped them grow and help him become the outstanding leader that he is for God's kingdom. And I am humble to have the chance to stand in this place today, not to take his place, but to find a new place among you. Your hospitality has been really wonderful because uh, we have received food and goodwill and lots and lots and lots of Facebook friend messages um, I post from time to time. I don't post every week, but when God inspires me or something important comes along, I, I post. And so this morning, about 5.30, I posted. And uh, I'm very aware there are some familiar faces in the room already. Uh, and if I call names, I would, would put a focus on somebody uh, and not the rest of you. So just know that I see familiar faces. Uh-oh, there we go. Uh, I see familiar faces, and that's important to me. Um, Hattiesburg is a place that I would travel through as a, as a boy um, with my parents and my sisters. My grandparents lived in Escatapa and Socia. Anybody know where those places are? Okay, I'm amongst my people. That's good. Uh, and um, I would come through, we would come through on 49 before there was the interstate. We'd sometimes stop at Stuckey's. That was a good place to stop. Uh, my Aunt Margie used to be able to tell you how far it was from Stuckey to our house in, Joy, in uh, at Jackson. Um, I also remember that the, one of the railroad bridges down here, there was a sign that said Mobile, 84 miles. And when you were seven or eight or nine, you didn't know how long that was. And by the time we got from, from to, to Hattiesburg, I was tired, kind of like, and I would say, Mom, how far is it? She said, you see that sign? Mobile's about as far as it is to Escatapa. We get to Loosedale. So I've come through Hattiesburg a lot in my life. And in 1994, I lived here for a year, lived in the area, while uh, there was another fellow named Gil who used to be a pastor here. Uh, if, if you don't know, Clint and Phyllis are my parents, and I'm humbled and honored to share that with you. Um, also, another thing about USM is that I was at the very first football game that was played in M.M. Roberts Stadium. It was against the Ole Miss Rebels, and I'm not going to tell you any more than that. (laughs) 
I carried my high school girlfriend from Vicksburg, and uh, she became a student and lived at Hillcrest Dormitory when she came to Southern Miss. So it's familiar. Uh, Don and Nellie's was a place I used to go to and, and uh, have fun uh, when I was a grad student and uh, met people here uh, during that 1994 year and, familiar, again, familiar faces and places. Uh, Lisa Garvin is a dear friend of mine. She grew up in this church and was nurtured here. Um, Jill Denson, a uh, long time ago, uh, have kept up with her. Um, and I can't say enough about the staff, the, their competency, their compassion, their sense of let's roll up our sleeves. How can we help you? And, and I know that their leadership is exemplary in this church community, and, and I'm grateful for that. For the food, for the goodwill, um, and the fact that this is a new day, and I'm grateful for that. I want to share a passage of Scripture with you this morning. Um, it is from Philippians. It's from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Paul is in prison And Paul is remembering his congregation and his great love for them. Last week, I read from Philippians 1, 3 through 6 to my congregation. Today, I'd like to read these words to you from Paul who has hope. He has hope for his church. Listen, not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for all that you've done to prepare us for this moment. And now may the words of my heart and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I want to take you back in history just for a moment. It's 1974, and some of us have long hair or some of us have big hair in my case. It's springtime in Vicksburg, Mississippi. It's track season and it is the Coca-Cola relay. That's where many schools in central Mississippi came to Vicksburg to show their stuff in track and field. It is the last race of the day and the last race in any track meet in high school is the mile relay. And the mile relay in this particular case featured two of the most outstanding young athletes in the state of Mississippi. They were rivals because Warren Central High School and Vicksburg High School were rivals, maybe like Petal and Oak Grove. Is that close? Good. You get the picture. Warren Central star athlete, anchor leg man was Leo Cage. He went on to play football at Memphis State. But Vicksburg's star athlete was Michael Sweet. And he ran the anchor for Vicksburg High School. And he went on to play at that school up in Oxford. Let me set the stage for you. There were four other teams in the race, but it was really a two-horse race. And so when they took off on the four, the four laps, 
the first two laps, pretty, pretty close. All the teams were pretty close. But on the third lap for Warren Central, Mike Dawson, who I played grammar school football with, was coming around the last leg of the, of the track, and he broke away from, from Rufus Jones from our school. And he came in, and he was getting it. And, you know, in, in, the, in the relays, there's this about 20-yard zone where the guy that's waiting to get the baton, y'all got your bulletins? Can y'all see the bulletin this morning? We failed to put his picture up. So just look at your bulletin for just a second. They're coming in the back stretch, and the boy, Dawson is doing this way, and Cage is doing this way, and they make a flawless handoff right there. And Cage just keeps on booking. He's going, and he's headed into the turn. Well, Rufus comes in, and Rufus is kind of lagging a little bit. He's giving out of gas, and he comes into the deal, and Michael Sweet, he's a thoroughbred. I mean a thoroughbred. And he's ready, and he, he's, he's running. Let me get that right. He's, there we go. And he goes like that, and Rufus drops the baton. And the whole crowd goes <gasps> like that. You ever drop the baton? You ever had those moments when you let people down? Come on now. I got some baseball players, some soccer players, some football players in the crowd. You struck out to end the game. It's no fun, is it? It's a long ride home. Rufus dropped the baton. Michael turns around, and there's a whole bunch of people up here. The writer of our text this morning was an athlete. Don't know if you know that or not. Paul, Saul, before he became Paul, Saul of Tarsus was an Olympic javelin thrower. And he knew training. He knew disappointment. He knew victory. He also knew the law, not the law of the land that you and I have to obey, but he understood and became a student of the book of the law, the Jewish religion. In fact, he became an expert, so much so that when this new movement of people, believers from this some some kind of country itinerant preacher from Galilee named Jesus, when his followers began to grow, Paul didn't like it very much, and neither did, neither did the Jewish community. In fact, he went out after them. And not only was good at the law, he was good at pitting people in jail because he didn't want anything and anybody to mess with his religion, his relationship with God. He didn't want it to be threatened, so he defended it. And on his way to Damascus, Acts chapter 9 tells us, he met Jesus. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? And Saul dropped his baton of Judaism. And he picked up a new baton. And he started walking and running the race with Jesus. And he became good at it. He began to press on what he had received and passed it on. 
In fact, he passed it on so many different places. He would organize new communities of worship like this. And like the 10 o'clock hour, the brand new worship community here at Parkway Heights. He would pass that faith on. I can imagine him going into a town where there was a lady named Eunice and Lois. And they had a son. In fact, one evening, they'd heard that Brother Paul was coming to church to preach. He was coming into town to have a revival meeting, and they wanted to go hear Brother Paul because they'd heard things about him. And they were about to leave, and, and, and Grandma hollered up into the upper loft where young Timothy was. She said, Timothy, we're going to the meeting. We'll be back a little later. And down from the loft came, Grandma, can you wait five minutes? How many of you grandmothers wouldn't want to wait five minutes on your grandchild to go to church? Come on now. And so here comes young Timothy down, and they go to the meeting house, and they, and they come in, and, and grandma and, 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 and mama want to sit in the back, you know. Not Timothy. He wanted to sit down front where you're sitting. And when Brother Paul started preaching, everything about Timothy became alive. He hung on his every word. And when the meeting was over with, he went down and he introduced himself to Brother Paul, probably like one of my boys would do. And, 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 and Eunice and Lois came up and, and they spoke to Brother Paul. And, and, and Timothy said, Mama, invite him over for supper tomorrow night. I'm just imagining this. This is not in the Bible, Okay. But it's a good story, so stay with me. After the meeting the next night, Brother Paul comes into the house. And there they sit at the table. A million questions. Timothy's just full of questions. And he goes upstairs. And Eunice and Lois and Brother Paul are talking. And when he comes downstairs, he's got a backpack on his shoulder. And he looks over at his mama. He said, Mama, can I, can I go with him? Can I? Can I go with him? What you going to say? And so in the cool of the evening, the old veteran and the young want to be press on because Paul has passed on his faith. I want to ask you this morning, Parkway, who are the people who've passed on to you? Who are the people in your life who you can recall and give thanks to that have passed on God's gift of grace, God's gift of blessing, God's gift God's gift of mercy and forgiveness in your life. You're not here as an accident. You're not here in a vacuum. We're a part of a community of faith. Somebody down the road, maybe it was this past week, passed on a blessing to you. They passed on a word of encouragement or maybe a word of correction, but a word of grace nonetheless. I remember as a 15-year-old high school student, my dad was serving Hawkins United Methodist Church in Vicksburg before he went down to Picayune. And there was a man in the church, his name was George Gammon. He flew planes in World War II. 
played football for Coach Bryant at Alabama in 1946 and came to Vicksburg and opened up the Western Auto Store. He was a big man. He wore bow ties back in the 70s before bow ties were popular, Dr. Uh, Aubrey Lucas. But anyway, my dad, he asked my dad if I would like to have a summer job. And I worked for Mr. George downtown Vicksburg at the at the. Western Auto Stores, and I delivered. I was a delivery boy. We had trucks, and we delivered all over uh, central Mississippi. But Mr. George was such a powerful influence in my life. He never taught my Sunday school class. He never did youth group with me, but I watched him at the store. I watched him deal with difficult people. I watched him deal with folks, even an employee who stole from him. And instead of prosecuting him, Mr. George worked it out. I'm 16 years old. I'll never forget one afternoon. I was, we hit, the store was sitting facing south, facing the river on Washington Street. Behind the store was a parking lot. We'd bring the trucks around and we'd park them in front of the store. Something happened and he said, would you go make a delivery for me? So I run across the street, get in the van. I'm in a hurry. Mr. George is sitting, standing at the front door across the street with, looking as I pull out into traffic and bam, I run into a car. Not paying attention, too big of a hurry, bam, I'm scared to death. Not hurt, I'm crying and I'm speechless and I try to get out of the car and here he comes. He's 6'3", about 240. And he's got a handshake that would crush a bear. And he walks across and I don't know what he's going to do. And he looks down at me, said, you okay? I couldn't speak. I just said, he said, well, son, this is why we have insurance. He said, I can replace a van, but I can't replace another you. That was 40 years ago. Who's passed it on to you? And how, my friends, are you living today? Well, it passes on from you to someone else. Maybe a teenager, maybe a friend down the street who's cynical, who sometimes the only thing you hear from them are negative stuff. And those people are hard to love, aren't they? The negative people in our lives. How are we passing on that which God has given to us? Because God took hold of Paul. Not anything Paul did. But Paul, God took hold of Paul's, Paul's life and he turned him in a new direction. He set him on a new path and he said, press on. Well, let me tell you what. On that track, when that baton dropped on the field at Warren Central High School back in 1974, Michael Sweet turned around and he had to make a decision. Am I going to let it lay there or am I going to finish the race? I want you to know what I'm about to tell you is the truth because I was in the stands that evening. Michael Sweet reached down and he picked up that baton and he turned and he looked at his coach and they said, run. When he picked up the baton, if you know anything about the track, Leo Cage was turning just about in the first turn. If I'm lying, I'm dying. We watched, and Sweet started running. And he started running, and he was running, and 
And when, when Leo got to the 220 on the other side halfway, Michael was getting there. And when Leo came down on the back stretch, Michael was doing this. When Leo came out of the last turn, Michael was about as far from me to that screen right there. And my friends, the text says, press on. Stretch out. Extend yourself. Michael Sweet looked like secretariat coming around the end. Who was in 1973 the athlete of the year? He caught Cage about 20 steps from the finish line, and he came across like this. Every fiber of his being won the race. Because you know why? He had a calling. Everybody in that stands on, on his team were calling out for him to give it all and to press on and not let dropping the baton in life keep you from persevering. My friends, this man that wrote this text, he persevered. He was beaten. He was left for dead twice. He was shipwrecked and he was imprisoned because of his conviction about who Jesus Christ is. Parkway, this is not just a calling. As my friend Jamie Bailey told me about this text when I was telling him about what I was going to pray, he said, tell him, Rob, it's not just a calling. It's the high calling of Jesus Christ. And I know that this church has heard that call. Your reputation and your ministry, can I say our now? Our ministry is talked about across the city. I picked up on one of Eddie's old messages this week. Mayor Dupree called to wish him well and thanked him for his leadership and Parkway Heights' his ministry in the city of Hattiesburg. Amen. Amen. This is not just some calling. This is the highest call that we can ever hear and follow. And I want to ask you and leave you with this. Where is he calling you today? You. And will you reach back and take the baton and run your race where God's calling you. Whether it is to serve within this community like many of you do, the volunteers, I've had so much fun with the, with the men and women at, out in the atrium during the week. They have such pleasant voices. Maybe it's to, to be at Woodley or, or to Fieldhouse. See, I, I worked with homeless people in Jackson through Galloway United Methodist Church at Grace Place. Where, where is God? Where is that high call? We got all kind of calls on our lives today. But where's the high calling? Where's the high calling? Because, my friends, this is a race. This is a race worth running and winning. Jesus has already taken care of that. But we can run our race and give him the glory. Let us pray.
Lord, we're going to give you a response now to this word with our, our offering. And I give you thanks for the word. May we hear it and receive it and may it pl- be planted in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Susan is going to come now and call for the offering. You can respond. Um-